Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by MediaBytes.com, the marketing school for photographers. Head over to MediaBytes.com now to get instant access to Shut Up and Shoot. It's a free inspirational audio course for photographers. This week on TWIP, an interview with Robert Vanelli to talk about all things Vanelli. We talk about his first career as a karate world champion, his breakthrough into photography, and his refined five P's of digital workflow. It's Wednesday, July 4th, 2012, and this is TWIP. All right, I'm here with a photographer who goes by the name of Vanelli. You may have heard of him. He's the guy and the force behind the Exposure Photographic Art Studio. You can find that at ExposurePAS.com. And uh, Vanelli and I were talking earlier about just sort of his workflow and how over the years he's distilled it down to what he calls the five P's. So he's joining me today to demystify what the five P's are all about and how photographers might put that into uh, into work in their own workflow. So Vanelli, welcome to This Week in Photo. Hey, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. All right, so let's let's start, you know, before we dive into the digital workflow stuff, let's talk talk a little bit about you and who you are and, you know, what what got you into photography, what you love about it, and all that good stuff. So who is Vanelli? You know, it's it's ironic because at first I thought it was my later years that I started doing photography, and then when I started to look through family pictures and things along those lines, I realized that I've actually been doing it since I was a young kid. Yeah. Um, no, I hit the karate circuit hard um, when I was younger, and I was fortunate that uh, I made it kind of to the top uh, in my in my profession. So a lot of the prof- uh, photographers back then that used to photograph me on the circuit found that I had an interest in photography, so they took me under my wing or under their wing. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing about that was they they taught me a ton, a ton of knowledge. And it's kind of my way of giving back to everyone else um, for all the stuff that they've given me. Yeah. And about maybe 15 years ago is when I ran into a gentleman by the name of Scott Kelby. Mm-hmm. And I took one of his one-day seminars. And I, there I was sitting in a room maybe with 20, 25 people. And I was hooked. I was hooked on Photoshop. And then I got to meet Scott. And Scott and I became very good friends. And then the photography after that just took off. You know, he introduced me to uh, some of the top people, you know, in our industry. And those people took me under their wing. And then from there, you know, it just, the ball just kept on rolling. So it's kind of my way of putting back into what I've taken out of photography by helping others. Got it. Isn't that interesting how, because you mentioned that, that point of inflection is being, you know, sitting in one of the Kelby workshop seminars, which I've done too. And those are, there's they're amazing. Scott's a, a, a crazy good educator uh, and he's good at making complex topics seem really approachable. And, you know, you, people hit that point of inflection where they're like, okay, I could actually do this. And this is, I love this kind of stuff. Right. And it sounds like you hit that. Well, you, you, you're actually going to laugh because originally I did it because I needed to learn. Um, when you, well, you, as you know, when you own your own business, you kind of have to do a lot of things on your own if you're on a tight budget. And there was a local uh, 
photography studio here in town. And actually, um, I really owe them a debt of grat because I went to them and needed help. They charged me so much. I mean, outrageous. We, we did a uh, performance, karate performance for SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. And the amount of money that SeaWorld gave us was barely enough to pay them, the photographer and the company, to take care of all of our posters, <laughs> our signs and stuff. You know, And you, so, had, you had the, the aha moment. I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so well, then I, when I met Scott, um, he introduced me to one of my mentors now, which is Vincent, Vincent Versace. Mm-hmm. And I showed Vinny a bunch of my graphics uh, that I was working on. And he looked at the images, and and I remember it clear as day. He looked and said, "This one sucks. This one sucks. This one's what the heck were you thinking?" And ripped it up. And I said to him, "Well, I'm not the photographer. I just did the graphics." And he said, "Well, why are you wasting my time?" And he walked away. Mm. And Scott kind of looked at me like, "What the heck are you doing?" So the second time I met Vinny, um, I went to show him some of my my images, and he looked at me and said, "What are you?" And I said, I'm a photographer. Great. Now let's sit down. And it was at that point I realized, you know, I became a photographer. Yeah. You got to own it, right? I remember sitting in a in a, a Vincent Versace workshop where he um, he was, I mean, he, I, think, I think one of the things that he was talking about was, was the idea of finding interrupted patterns in nature or something to that effect. But, yeah, and it, it's just interesting how, how – you know, when you approach names like that and, you know, your mentors and all these, these folks that that just influence us and get us moving on the right track. So, OK, so now you're on the right track. Right. So you're a photographer. Then what? How did how did you go from being a guy who had the self-realization that he did want to be a photographer um, and now you're an educator? I'm looking at your site now. You're, there's workshops, there's videos, there's training, all that stuff. How did you go from there to here? That's where you have to find your niche. Um, I mean, there are there are thousands and thousands of photographers. I mean, just like in the on the karate circuit, there are thousands of competitors. You know, what made us the Triple Crown champions was we had um, an, an instructor who knew how to take us from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to say I was world champion, there's a lot of other people out there that were a lot better than me, but nobody's ever heard of them because they didn't follow the right path. Right. They didn't know how to go from A to B. And that's where, uh, you know, after atten- attending a lot of these different seminars, I realized my niche wasn't just a photographer, but an educator. You know, I- I've been teaching for over 30 years, so I understand um, how to work with people, uh, the mechanics of education. And with that being said, that's where I decided to create the whole you know, workflow concepts and ideas. And of course, you know, still doing the photography. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about that. Let's, uh, let's transition into digital workflow or the five P's as you call them. What are the five P's? Starting with a plan, photograph, process, post, and then print. Okay. So let's start with plan. So what, what is planning about? Um, everyone knows Dave Zeiser. He's a phenomenal wedding photographer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working with Dave and Dave, was talking about uh, getting in there with a shot for, for weddings. And we, we did this whole routine for a wedding, mm-hmm. or for this wedding uh, class he took. Yeah. Well, at the same time, I took a class with Moose Peterson. Mm-hmm. And Moose Peterson's a wildlife photographer. Yeah. Well, Moose was making comments that he never crops any of his photos. 
fill the frame, get all the pixels you can out of that shot. So I went and shot a wedding like Dave suggested, and it was a friend's wedding, and I did what Moose suggested. I filled the frame. When I got back, I realized I couldn't make a single 8 by 10 because you filled the frame frame (laughs) so much there was no room to crop yeah so you know i took two great pieces of advice you know from different people but i applied them in the incorrect manner yeah so planning is extremely important if you're photographing a wedding you can't fill the frame 100 percent because you need to make sure you have you know room in there to crop or if you're photographing a very expensive wedding Go ahead, fill the frame because they can afford custom print sizes. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, it, it goes back to uh, what I tell people a lot. You got for a lot of assignments, you got to begin with the end in mind. And if you're unsure what the end is, like you're you're building an album, so and you're not sure, hey, well, this image that I'm taking is going to end up a two pa- double page spread or just one in the corner. You have no idea, so you need to leave some flexibility for yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What's the next P? Uh, photograph, and that's where that's where your photography skills come in. Take take as many classes as you can to understand your digital camera. You, know, you go out there, so now you have a plan in mind. Let's say um, the example I'll give is I photographed my son uh, for his, for a birthday party we had here at the house. We turned the whole house into a rock stage, mm-hmm. and the theme was rock star. Nice. So the planning phase, I had the makeup my makeup artist come in. She airbrushed the makeup on all the girls turned them all into you know rockers my son and all of his friends all came over well now the photography part came in from here uh using that as an example um, you know we we decided we want to make this into let's say um a magazine cover you know, like a rolling stones magazine yeah so what we, for the photography photography part of it you have to know which lights to use what settings to have you have to know all of that inside and out in our case, we simply put them up in front of, uh, have you seen the high key, the um, uh, the Lasolite high key? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just stuck a set of lights inside the softbox, had this huge seven-foot by six-foot high key uh, back, background, and we just had fun. We just started photographing the kids doing all these wild things, you know, up against that. We had a set of Westcott lights you know, continuous lights shining down upon them. Nice. So we didn't have to worry about studio strobes. Yeah. Now it's for the photography part of it. So, so that the lighting gear is a totally separate entity. Now as for the photography, you understand how um, to make sure you compose, make sure your composition is correct. Make yeah. sure your ISO, your shutter, your so it's the technical. It's you know, the, exactly. so, so that that's the technical, the technical side of it yeah. that produces the results, but you can, but once you have the technical side down, then the artistic side should just come second nature. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about, you know, God, what F-stop am I shooting? If you understand it correctly, all of this will just come second nature. And, and what I've been finding throughout the years of teaching are people get so bent on the technical side. You know, am I shooting at the right F-stop? Do I have the right shutter speed? What's my ISO like? And then they miss a shot. Mm-hmm. So experiment on that stuff with stuff that doesn't make a difference. You know, go out and just photograph friends, families, whatever. You know, just have fun and don't stress yourself out. Now, when you get into a situation like we did for the birthday party, now you have to make sure all that stuff is set. Now, the only thing you have to worry about now is making the kids laugh, putting putting together 
the uh, the magazine covers in your head thinking, okay, what do we want this child or this person to do? And then when you photograph them, that's what you have that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the, the photograph P sounds like, um, in many ways, understanding the technology and getting it out of the way before the shoot so that you can concentrate on the creativity. Right? Exactly. So if you like you're saying, if you're using continuous lights, you know what your exposure settings are going to be, then you're not fiddling with the back of the camera. And and especially if in the planning phase, if you kind of have know what you want in mind when you're shooting and you build the in the photograph stage, you get everything ready so that you can shoot according to plan. Then you can be the photographer. You can be the artist and sort of put everything together in your head or or execute on the creative side rather than get mired in the in the technology. Exactly. And could you imagine having a bunch of teenagers standing around, you know, while you're trying to set your settings? Um, you know, their their attention span is not going to be the uh, the greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Bright light, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, what about process? That's the next P. What's- now, the processing part, and this is, again, I have no problem admitting that I'm a plug-in king. I love <laughs> plugins. There's nothing wrong with plugins. You know, you know P- P- I, I got ridiculed for years for that. Um, you know, s- s- my several main f- uh, plugins I use on one, Nick, Tiffin filters. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- these are my main tools. You know, my, my attitude on that is why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. You know, so uh, without going back to the, the shoot that I did, we'll, we'll call it the special needs band. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was the name of the fictitious band we came up with for my son and his friends. Um, so using the, the uh, Nick software, uh, or I'm sorry, first the On One software, um, after I, I pulled or extracted the the subject away from the background, I realized that I didn't have to do that because I'm shooting on a white magazine cover. So it made my job so much easier. So then I went into On One software Using uh, a host, a host of uh, plugins that they have, you know, uh, presets that they have, you know, I created certain presets that I liked for the actual uh, band cover. Mm-hmm. Once I created the presets, or once I got the image the way I wanted it, then with On One and Nick and the rest of them, they let you create your own presets. Mm-hmm. Now, by creating that preset, the rest of the images all had the same look and feel. Yeah. Yeah. So it gives you, yeah, we, we, we talk about presets a lot on this week in photo or we used to, we haven't talked about them recently, but I think where we netted out was, and I think I posed, I, the question I posed to the crew when we were talking about it was, are presets cheating, you know, and it came out, I mean, I think the, the end of the conversation, we determined that it's not cheating. It's especially when you're looking at like Lightroom presets or stuff, things like that. It's more of, it's giving you a, like you said, you're not reinventing the wheel. It's giving you a starting point exactly. that you can then iterate from, right? And, so, and let's not forget, photographers in the very beginning said Photoshop was cheating. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, you know, Photoshop and Lightroom, you know, I, I can't imagine any photographer not u- using that. Um, you know, because we're, gone are the film days, and you know, and honestly, even with the film days, all the words, the dodge, the burn. All of this stuff that we find in Photoshop, you found in the film days, yeah. and they just transferred it over. And 90% of the photographers out there shooting back in the day of film, they handed out the roll of film to somebody else. And yeah. somebody else did the Photoshop to their images in the darkroom. The human plugins, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, 
So you know, was that cheating? You know, um, you know, I heard a photographer one time say, well, that's cheating. You used a processing lab or you used this person. Of course, your images came out good. You're not you a know. real photographer because you sent it out, right? Yeah. Exactly. You, you didn't go in that dark room all by yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, again, the processing part is whatever tool makes you feel comfortable. Um, and I, I have to admit, nowadays, I do about 90% of my work in Lightroom. And then when I need that extra tweaking or special effects, I'll go into Photoshop. Yeah. Because within Lightroom, all these plugins, the On One, the Nick, the Tiffin, they all work right out of either standalone or right out of um, the host application. Mm-hmm. And then you just bring it back in. Yeah. 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 I think that's, that's true for many photographers. You know, most of the, most of the work, 90% or more, right. Of the work that you need to do is not going to be at that pixel level. I need to remove this telephone pole cloning and, and compositing type level. You know, it's, it's general overall image adjustment and a lot of things can be done in plugins these days. Now, too. now that's a good sign. If you think about it, because I can remember back in the day, um, <laughs> and I'm sure you've said this too, <laughs> I'll just fix it in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so here I am taking a picture and there's a light socket, you know, right behind the person's head. Um, you know, when I became a better photographer, I was able to see those things. And if I saw a light socket or something, you know, behind a person, I'd either move my positioning or move mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And so then there's, you don't need the, um, the pixel, like you said, you know, going to the pixel level of, um, you know, editing inside the software. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Right. I mean, the amount of time that you can save yourself just by taking a step to the left or to the right or zooming in a little bit, you know, you save yourself a couple hours or even, you know, 15 minutes or so. It'll it'll add up over time. All right. So the next P is, um, so we've, we got plan, we got photograph, we got process, uh, post now, no, we got print. So print, we're going to print, print our techniques. Yeah. Now this is what's interesting. Um, I have a beautiful Epson 9800 printer, mm-hmm. so I could print three and a half feet by a hundred feet if I need to. Yeah. Most of the people nowadays really don't want, you know, you, let's put it this way. If you have to do your own printing, a printer like that is like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. Well, the only downfall with that is you have to know how to drive that type of vehicle. Yeah, or so you will printer, you will kill yourself or somebody else, right? Exactly. And this printer is not your everyday printer. It's not something that oh, just you know anyone can print to it. Um, it takes a, you have to become a master at printing. So here's where places like Metal Mural comes into place. Um, Bay Photos, Miller Lab, MPIC, MPIC Pro. So that's where you decide if you want to print. You could farm out your images to these other places. Mm-hmm. Now for this. Again, the shoot for the special needs band. Now, I have the printer here, so I was fortunate enough to be able to make uh, 16 by 20 prints for all the children. So after you know we, we did the shoot, the party was winding down, I printed a couple images out to the kids, and that was their thank yous you know, for coming. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the year, we just, what we decided to do was at Christmas or at different events, I'd send out the images to Metal Mural, and they would print like the album cover or the um, the Rolling Stone magazine cover for me, they would print you know uh, something like that on a piece of metal, mm. and that's what my son would give as as the person's birthday present or a Christmas present. So throughout the year, 
you know, that was one way of using the print, you know, the, the actual physical print out to these people. Very cool. Very cool. So where do you fall on this? So just this, the whole, there's a, I don't know if it's an argument or a debate, but there's a discussion at least going on um, around that very thing. Like, do you, do you invest money in your, your newfangled Epson printer and take up room in real estate in your house? Or do you just send the JPEG or TIFF or whatever out to a, to a third party and have them do it? See, that, 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 that's, that's a really, really good question. Um, my son, when he first saw this printer, he thought it was a tanning bed. And that's how big this thing is. So, <laughs> or a coffin. Right? Yeah. And so so he, he's excited to show people. Um, you know, but it's cheaper to print in-house on posters like that. But the question is, how many posters are you really going to print? Yeah, that's my thing. Now, I mean, I don't, you know, I, don't, I, have an, I have an Epson, a 3800, and I, I don't print that much. So at at one point it was a dude. Does this thing really need to be taking up all this space, or can I just box it up, get rid of it, and send all my print, send everything to Bay Photo? You know, yeah. I, well, see, here here's where it comes in handy. This was really neat about this. Um, my my son has a track he has a track banquet tonight, so I didn't have time. Well, of course, I was told about it yesterday, so I didn't have time to send all the images off to Bay Photos or you know, this other one of the other print companies. So I just went to my local Walmart and, and I looked at this thinking, okay, these images are going to be four, four by sixes. Mm-hmm. They're not going to appear in magazines. They're not going to be put up on anyone's wall. They're a simple, hey, here we are at the banquet. They're flipping through an album, which is going to be underneath plastic anyways. Any local... Any local printing like Walmart, Target, or any of those places actually do a decent job, a decent job. Now, I'm giving away these images for free, so I printed up 100 of them for 15 bucks. Yeah. There's no way I could print 15 or 100 of them here at my house for that much money. No. So yeah. in a case like that, stuff that you know are going to be throwaways or just little keepsakes, by all means, go to your local labs. Yeah. Now, if you're selling the prints you know, for $10 a piece, then don't be cheap. Then you go out and you actually spend the money, you know, through these expensive print labs. Mm-hmm. And when I say expensive, it's all relevant. Yeah, more, more expensive than 35 cents a print, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I, one time I made a comment to uh, Vinny Versace. Um, he, he said he paid like $6 for a sheet of paper. Yeah. And not thinking, I said, wow, you paid 6 bucks for that one sheet? And he smiled and said, well, the amount of money they're paying me for this print, trust me, it outweighs $6. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, this print is going for 650 bucks, right? And then, you know, just to, just to put a cap on that, I mean, you know, a lot of people say, well, you're only paying $6 for paper and you're charging this crazy amount for it. I think what people have to, like, especially customers that are, that are buying photography, you're not paying for the raw materials any exactly. more than you're paying for the paint and the canvas that Picasso painted on, you know, cause those, that costs nothing, right? It's the, mm-hmm. it's the art and the, the execution of the vision that's on that, that particular surface. That's the value. It's not the, the raw materials, right? Exactly. You know, just, just let's look at the doctor. I mean, uh, when, when you go to the doctors, how long does the doctor really spend with you? Yeah, after you're no, waiting in the waiting room for an hour, you finally exactly. get in. It's like four you know, minutes. But, but years, what you're paying for is the years and years experience of what you've done. Yeah. You know, Scott Kelby brought out a good point one day. Um, he said, you know, once you get really proficient with Photoshop and all these uh, plugins, 
you have to ask yourself, well, how much do we charge our client now? He goes, this took me 30 seconds. He goes, am I going to bill them for 30 seconds worth of work? Yeah. The better you get, the less you make if you go with that model, right? Exactly. Yeah. Besides, because I'll probably bill them for maybe two minutes. No. Um, yeah. No, but, but again, but look how many hours and hours and hours you spent honing your skill. That's what they're paying for. Yeah. And the consistency, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, that's a, that's a, I love that. I love that topic. Cause it's, you know, you, 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 especially wedding photographers, I know they, they hit this a lot where people are like, well, why am I going to pay you five grand to shoot my wedding? I made a book. I could just put the images in iPhoto and, you know, order a book, <laughs> order a book that way. And for, you know, 30 bucks or something. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a deep debate, a de- deep debate. Exactly. And I love that. Well, I mean, and, and if you look at like the Hollywood shooters, mm-hmm. like Mike DeBasey, for example, I, I didn't realize that like he, he does a lot of stuff with NCIS. Yeah. Um, and they were doing this video game on the TV show one day, you know, they, they watch. And so I made the comment, well, Hey, was that Xbox? And he said, Xbox. He goes, Vanelli, we can't do that. He goes, when it comes to Hollywood, they have to recreate all that stuff. Or they have to call up Microsoft and say, hey, we want to put Xbox in one of our shows. Could we license the use of using that on the set? And I never realized that. I just assumed, you know, they could put, they could do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and so the amount of money they had to spend to hire somebody to create like that xbox logo well, it wasn't xbox per se but like another name of that logo and so on that that's that's where the skill level comes in yeah all right let's talk about let's close it up and talk about uh post which is the last p in the five p's what's that all about now again in our society nowadays in, in the old days printing was the final frontier you know you printed it you're done well now with the posting part this is where it's incredible using lightroom for example you're able to post your images to Facebook, SmugMug, uh, Flickr. You can send emails with them, whatever you want. You, you, you have all the tools built right in. Well, the posting part is also your social media marketing for you. Mm-hmm. So you took all these incredible photos. Let's just say we printed them all, gave them to our client. They have them in a scrapbook. That client shows maybe 30 people. That's it. So 30 people have seen your images. Well, nowadays with the advent of the internet and the social media network, now that 30 people can turn into millions of people seeing what you've done. Yeah. And it's very important to make sure that when you do post your images, you know, on online forums and so on, um, you know, you have a little watermark in the lower image. I mean, a very small, if anything, watermark. Uh, you know, if it's too big, it just looks gaudy. Mm-hmm. It gets in a way of what you're doing, and it's kind of a, hey, look at me, look at what I got. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you decide to put a little watermark, you know, just make sure it's unobtrusive because in the old days, if you look at some of the old um, photos, there was always a little signature by the you know, the really high-end photos. Mm-hmm. Always had a little watermark, but it was a signature or something on the, on the image itself. Yeah. So on this end, this is where Smug Mug comes in perfect. So you, the, I'll use the example again for the special needs band, you know, for the party. Yeah. I, I decided just to, instead of me handing a CD out to all these kids, we just posted them online. I gave them a password. They went to the Smug Mug account, and they picked the images they wanted. They downloaded them. 
They put them on Facebook. They uh, sent them off to their relatives. They were able to do a lot of things with them. And what, what I forgot to do was with, with Smug Mug, you're able to set your own pricing. Yep. yep. Per gallery, I, right? I usually, in a case like this, just set the prices to um, at cost, you know, because it was a gift to these kids. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize I had them set to the default. And all of a sudden, I, I get a check for 70 bucks. Uh-oh. No, and I didn't realize that the kids and their families went online, and the stuff that they ordered, I never thought in a million years. Coffee mugs, T-shirts, wow. um, you know, the actual prints themselves. Yep. So, you know, those are the areas that, that I forgot to set the, the prices to at cost. Now, the regular prints, four by sixes, I put all that at cost for them. So the posting part of it, using a service like SmugMug, gives you more choices. Because now once it's up on your website, you know, you can actually click on uh, share this on Facebook, share this on Twitter. And when you do stuff like that, it just draws more people to your site and hopefully drawing more clients into your into your site, too. Yeah. 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 yeah it's uh, the, the smug mug piece of the equation and and you know a lot of labs but smug mug is the one i use i think you use as well so um i just love the idea that you can go out and do a shoot like say you're a wedding photographer you can have separate pricing for your wedding you know and very in tiered pricing even for weddings you can do couponing you can do exactly you know okay i do models and they get a separate pricing structure or you could even do things like what I do a lot is I'll do something for friends and family that I'm not charging them at all and I just want them to be able to download the original high-res file you can make that available so that they can go in see the gallery and then download it from exactly. there and then throw it up on Facebook and all that stuff so it, and it's the same mechanism for charging people only you just make the download available so now you'll be amazed that so many of my friends how much they love Smug Mug now. These are non-photographers because in the old days, the joke was, oh, sure, Vanelli will take your, Vanelli will take your pictures, but it'll take them six months to a year before you get them. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, you were that guy, huh? <laughs> no, but, but it was because, you know, I, I was doing it as an experiment. You know, I'm working on these techniques. So, and I would tell them up front, you know, I'm going, we're going to a party. Hey, guys, you mind if I snap some shots? I'm just practicing. sure. Yeah. I would do it, and they, they would ask for the pictures. So you'd burn it to a CD, and then you'd give it to them, and then the CD wasn't the correct format for their machine. Oh, and we're, yeah. we're talking years ago, right? Right. You know, uh, before before the thumb drive became you know apparent. Yeah. You know, or they would get them, and they don't know how to print them out, so they'd ask you, "Hey, do me a favor. Could you print these for me?" So it just it was easier not to tell. Oh yeah, they're not done yet. It was so much easier. Or it's easier just, just to not say, to shoot it to begin with. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, you know, so by uploading it to a site like that or even sending to them, sending them the images onto Facebook, oh my, it, it just, I, you literally can shoot and within minutes send them the, send them the images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, it, it again, it goes back to what you were talking about in the beginning, like the plan and the photograph segments of your five P's. You know, in the end, if you know that you're if you have in your mind what you're shooting for, like, you know, OK, I'm going to shoot this event and I'm giving all these images away and they're just they're going up on my smug mug gallery and I'm going to make them free, then you you have that in your mind when you're shooting. So it'll it'll in some ways guide how you're shooting. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, uh, Vanelli, this has been a great interview. I, I want to be respectful of your time. And, uh, 
you know, make sure that we get this, uh, you know, I wanted to get all this information out, but I also want people to know where they can find out more about these five P's and see some of your work and all that. In the beginning, I mentioned, I mentioned exposurepas.com. That's your website. Yes. Um, where else can people go to, to uh, check you out and see what you're up to? Well, we have, we, on the exposure website, uh, we created um, a workshop routine, a workshop series called Vanelli and friends. Hmm. And, and it was interesting because throughout the years I, I've, kind of been known to uh how do i put this um rack up a ton of friends and, and a lot of the friends that i have are, are very high up so with that being said if i need uh, let's say i have a question on something i'll go right to the source so what i'm trying to do is help the common person who who doesn't have those connections to be able to take these seminars and a lot of the friends that I bring on the seminar, like the, uh, the cruise that we're doing in uh, the Bahamas in, in June, we're doing this cruise. Well, Mike Cabasi, the Hollywood guy is coming out to do special lighting. And I think the name of the cruise is Benelli uh, and friends take the Bahamas Hollywood style featuring Mike Cabasi. And that's a perfect opportunity for people to use the friends that I have and ask them one-on-one questions. And ask them, hey, look, you know what? How do I get the Hollywood glamour? What what am I doing different than what you're doing? You know, and things along those lines. So the whole workshop series, it's meant to incorporate my friends into the friends that are not, you know, uh, doing this for a living, some of the hobbyists and so on. Yeah, got it. So you're you're the connector. You're bringing, exactly. bringing one group of people into contact with another group of people so that everybody can benefit. You got it. That's really cool. All right. Um, so that's on your website. You just go to ExposurePAS.com, and there's a workshop link there in the main exactly. menu. And soon and soon we'll get you out there on one of the cruises with us. I would love to come out there on a cruise <laughs> with you. Um, I, I'm sure with the names that you're mentioning, I'd be learning as much as I'd be teaching. So. <laughs> well, and, and again, well, as you know, I mean, um, you know, I give you a dollar. You give me a dollar. We both end up just with one dollar. Yeah. But if I give you an idea and you give me an idea – now we both end up with two ideas. So, you know, no matter who the person is, everyone learns from each other. Yeah. Yeah, you never stop learning. That's important in keeping your brain. We're not uh, you know the the whole idea of professional photographer. I think I think we should rebrand that to practicing photographer. Like exactly. like doctors are practicing, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Which is a little scarier than photography, you know, people practicing <laughs> on you. Anyway, well, uh, Vanelli, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been inspirational and educational. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay, take care. You can learn more about Vanelli and all he offers by visiting his website at ExposurePAS.com. That's ExposurePAS.com, which we'll link to in the show notes for this episode. That's it for this episode of This Week in Photo. If you'd like to keep up with everything in the TWIP universe, be sure to check us out at thisweekinphoto.com. Also, please support the show by leaving us a comment on iTunes. And speaking of iTunes, be sure to check out the TWIP podcast app. It's a handy way to keep up with the shows as soon as they are released. And finally, if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me and my various projects at frederickvan.com. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off.
Second Photo is a PixelCore.tv production. Produced by Suzanne Llewellyn. With technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. 